You're tuning into New Life Vietnam. Today's message by Pastor Lop is asking in faith from James chapter 1 verses 5 to 8. All right, good morning church. Please take a seat. For those of you who are online, yeah, you're already sitting. I hope uh, you're standing up worshiping us, but if not, um, you know, you're already sitting. And, uh, well, we continue with our series in the overarching theme of 2022 is that heavenly wisdom for earthly living. So we're going to go through the book of James and the book of Proverbs, the first five chapters, because Proverbs is quite long. And um, different, uh, depend, different weeks, there will be some topical. You know, I want to lay out the menu for this year for us, the spiritual menu diet. And, um, but the rest, the majority will be the book of James and uh, Proverbs. And so this morning, we continue with the second portion of chapter 1. And uh, last week, uh, we will talk about, you know, consider things, count, lead um, uh, and, and, and believe all trial, all, uh, you know, a various suffering of all kinds, joy. Uh, some of us are entrepreneurs and uh, business, uh, usually the year end before Tet, before Lunar New Year, you uh, usually you do the Counting and the booking and you counting, you know, what has have been achieved and what has been lost and, and make some adjustment for New Year. And some of us, uh, same, you know, uh, have a, a, a tradition of counting, you know, what we have gained this year, what we have, you know, uh, uh, lose this year. But I, as we journey to, you know, whatever that you might have feel like you lost something, you lose something, Ultimately, I pray that we gain the wisdom of God. We talk about gaining God's wisdom. It is not something that, you know, um, you just go to the shop and can buy, you know. Like you go to, a, a, let's say, a heavenly shop and say, uh, can I have, uh, you know, a cup of wisdom. And uh, it is not, you know, it is not working like that. It needs to uh, take time uh, of investment acquired, you know. Uh, salvation is free for each every one of us, but wisdom needs to be acquired. And uh, we talk about, you know, consider, count it all trial, joy, because it's required the testing of our faith. Real gold needs to be tested. Real faith needs to be tested. Nobody knows that you and I that have, you know, have believed in God, because even the devil, later on in the book of James said, even the devil said, I believe. You know, many of us uh, like the song, I uh, forgot the singer, I believe. And then people can believe in all kinds of things. Uh, the, their belief in all kinds of things doesn't make, you know, anything better. But we know we have to be sure what we believe and whom we put our trust in. All right? Because uh, the testing of our faith will be almost every day. Every decision that we make is going to be a test of faith. It's almost like a litmus test. It's a test of whether a real goal or a fake goal, whether a real faith or a fake one. And so, the Apostle James 
uh, uh, want to encourage the church by uh, writing this letter, and uh, of course, with the greeting, say, you know, he's a servant of the Lord, God, and two, specifically the 12 tribe, the body of Christ, the people of God, the Israelite, both Gentile and Jewish people. And so he, he uh, just kind of recap here, count it all joy, my brother and sister, when you meet trial of various kind. Is there different various kind? Uh, your trial and my trial sometimes can be similar, but, you know, not, not always exactly the same because we always have our unique situation. And in a way, we are unique. There's no uh, second person on this planet Earth. Even though if, there, if, if the technology can clone human, even there will be different, even the, 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 the twin, uh, the twin they even the same look, they, they have different identity, different uh, behavior, different personality. And so, the apostle uh, uh, James said that, for you know that the testing of your faith produced steadfastness. In order to have steadfastness, something needs to in production. That is the testing of our faith. None of us like testing. <laughs> because sometimes the testing, you know, like, you know, we go to exam and testing. Because sometimes the exam, we got a bad grade. We sh we, we, sometimes we feel shameful or guilty because we're not, you know, uh, working hard on the subject. Or, you know, because the cult our culture, uh, you know, elevate, elevate the success and, you know, and, uh, you know, it's A star. And therefore, every time that we got B or C, uh, we feel uh, shameful about it. And parents pressure the children. You don't give me A. You know, by the way, uh, igniting children, you study because it's one way to serve God. Because we want to gain a, a, a pocket, a body of knowledge. You don't study for your parents. Right. Sorry, parents. Sometimes you say, you study for me. I put you, you know, I spend the money to university. Bring me A. Bring me the certificate. That's a, that's a wrong understanding about education. That's a wrong understanding about studying. That's why sometimes children growing up to adult, they hate studying. They don't like knowledge. They just want, you know, get things done. And they don't really learn anything. Learning is a journey. It has to be, if anything that you can do to your children, next generation parents, that just to inspire them, uh, spark in their life the joy of learning. And when they have the joy of learning, they learn everything. They will learn from math to physics, any topic they learn. Is it more important to know how to learn than what to learn? Because how to learn will lead you that to learn God's Word, to treasure that God's wisdom. This is why people think that they can just be wise by pushing a button. No. To be wise in God's eye, not our own eyes. It takes spiritual sweat and tears and, and a lot of trial, a lot of suffering. And so the apostle was, for you know. The know here is just not information. Uh, maybe most of us here say, I know, I know. I know, suffering, suffering. But no, this is the the relationship. I know I have relationship with Christ. I know the suffering that Christ went through. I'm going through the same thing and that will show me God's steadfastness to me so that I can be steadfast, uh, it can be show steadfast love to 
other as well, so that I can be Christ-like. And I know, let the steadfast have its full effect. It is like, um, it's like a cooking. You, you just add in, the, uh, you know, like maybe you cook rice. You just have uh, rice, water, and there's just a amount of heat and just a amount of time that will become, you know, from, a, from a, a rice grain to a kind of a nice bowl of rice. Because it's steadfastness, even we need to wait for God timing to take its full effect. It's like you take medicine. Uh, just in case you don't know that, you know, most of, uh, of uh, in Vietnam, you can buy um, antibiotic over the counter. You don't need prescription, right? So when I live in Singapore, you, I can't just go to the, the, the pharmacy and say, okay, give me some biotic and say, where the prescription? In Vietnam, they sell, you know, if you walk in, you ask for anything, almost, you know, you got everything. And this is quite bad in a way that, generally speaking, for those of you who are Vietnamese out there, don't get offended. Just generally speaking, that people will just take like three days and they say, oh, they feel good, they stop the antibiotics. They didn't know that they need to take full effect either seven days. Some, some of my friends take 10 days just to make sure, you know. So seven days, 10 days, or people take 15 days antibiotic to make sure it eliminates whatever, you know, they need to get it full effect. And that's why sometimes, you know, just three days, four days, they feel good and ready. And they think that, you know, the doctor tried to charge them by prescribing them too much medicine or the pharmacies tried to sell. They didn't know that, that they need to take full effect. So sometimes in life, I feel that, you know, sometimes people say, I believe in Jesus. I believe in God. I go to church. I read the Bible. But you don't have a patient enough to take the Word of God and, and, and the, the person of God do the working in you until it's a full effect. And sometimes people give up too early. Give up on faith when they face trial. Oftentimes people, kind of their faith, is being weakened when they face life trial, suffering, testing. They can't take it. They say, you know, if God is with me, God is so good, why my life is like this? Because they have a wrong view, understanding of what Christianity is about. Because some along the line, maybe, maybe long before they got saved, somebody already tell them, believe in Jesus Christ, you have everything. There will be red carpet. Everything will be good. You know, just believe in Jesus Christ. And, you know, your life will be, you know, at peace. Your life, your life will be wonderful. One part is true, but it's not only half part. The other part is that your life is full of suffering as well. So whoever sold you the discounted gospel, meaning like, hey, come to Jesus, just give up your life 10%. Oh, you follow him a little bit more, give up some about 20%. This is why sometimes people say, yes, I believe in Jesus Christ, this is so hard. You know, I want to do this, it'll be so hard. Because somewhere along the line, they heard the wrong gospel. They heard the wrong so so that, yeah, it's okay. You know, you believe in Jesus Christ, you go to heaven. And your life, eternal salvation, you say, yes, it's Jesus today, you go to salvation, the rest of life, it's okay. You got assurance today, today. You know, just, you're almost like you, 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 you sell, you know, you try to get the sales. And that's bad taste of Christianity. It's a false gospel. It has to be like fully, you count the cost. When you and I present the gospel to someone and say, you need to surrender. You need to give up your life. Surrender. Be crucified. Repented. And that's what all about water baptism. Not get somebody get wet. 
but really say, I repented. I'm no longer live, but Christ live in me. I was buried under that symbol as water. And when I come out of that water, I have a new life. It's no longer my thoughts, my will, my, my, my desire. It is Christ, it is God, and my life is yours, Lord. That's why when people have that right view of the gospel, suffering is part of the package. It produces steadfastness. And when Stephen has his full effect, that they will be perfect and complete. Perfect, not in saying that like you have no mistake, no sin, but it's more like a, a, a well-rounded character, a complete lacking in nothing. And the Apostle Paul, uh, the Apostle James continued, if any of you lack wisdom, the um, conditional clause, if here, in the original language is Greek, because uh, interesting in the Greek, they have four conditional clause. And the if here is, can be translated as since, if, which means that it's likely already happened that any of you, any of you will lack wisdom. <laughs> One thing that you never have enough, you and I never have enough, is what wisdom. <laughs> the minute that you think that we are wise, <laughs> that's where actually the pitfall. That's why Adam, we think, are we wise in the own life? Is that okay? We take the fruit. The minute that you and I think we are wise, we become foolish. And so, so here the Apostle James said that if, but translate, since, since any, any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generally to all. So God is a generous giver of wisdom. Ask God. Ask God how? Well, you pray. You read his word. Read, pray, and practice and do it. Because there's no point of reading it and not doing it. There's no point of praying about it but don't do anything about it. It has to be, you know, the wisdom of God, uh, remember the book of Proverbs, um, you know, two weeks ago, we talk about, you know, God's wisdom is both information, relation, and discipline. You need to cover, you know, you got the information, you need to practice, you need to exercise, therefore you acquire wisdom. You gain wisdom. And so let him have God give generous to all without reproach. <laughs> He's a generous giver. He will not, he will, he will not like, why are you so foolish? Like, some parents, sometimes we make mistakes. You know, our parents, you know, we, we uh, see our children do something and we, we told them one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, our ten times, say, why are you so foolish? Why are you so stupid? And that is, is hurting in a sense because our children need coaching need training, need equipping, need loving. Otherwise, they're not growing. They just try to please you. It's the terrible thing to see a children try to please the parents. Because the, the parent demands, please me, please me. Bring me A, bring me good, bring me behavior. God is not demanding us like that. God is taking us alongside as a father and son, as a mother and daughter, and say, hey, son and daughter, I'm journeying with you. If you don't know this, you are simple and naive, open-minded, 
in the world, which is a good thing, <laughs> in the Bible, which is the naive, the simple one, leave the option open, which is considered foolish. And so let me coach you, let me shape you, let me help you. So the book of Proverbs, in the way, in the James, is like, let the wisdom of God shape you and take you and coaching and, and spending time with you. If you fall, I will there to watch you. Sometimes I lift you up. Sometimes I let you just begin to learn how to stand up. It's like, you know, coaching a, a baby, you know, how to walk, you know. Same way. So children, you can't change your parents. Ignatine. <laughs> you can't change your parents single one heart. You can't change your parents. And none of, none of us can change anyone. It's only God. So pray for them. You pray in your silent, secret place. Because suffering, some of you are suffering. Consider us all joy. You have a parent. Consider us all joy. For those of you lost your parents, or, you know, you never have, when you were, when you were born, you never saw your parents. You know, God should be your dad, should be your mom, if you have no parents. And therefore, lean on Him and learn on Him. And therefore, that if you lack a wisdom, sin, all of us lack a wisdom. Let us ask God. Let us ask God because He always gives us generously without reproach. It will be given to Him and her. You will receive God's wisdom when you ask. But, verse 6, but, let him ask in faith. Asking is just one part. It's quite easy to ask. But asking in faith takes a lot of you. It's just not like I ask in faith, but I don't really think that God's going to give me. They don't ask. They don't ask. So, so, so uh, the, the, the Apostle James, he said, if you're going to ask, ask in faith. And he, he explained, with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. So the analogy, the waves, how you got the waves, how the waves are formed, you know? Ladies and gentlemen, how the waves are formed, because it's by the wind, right? The wind blows. Am I, am I speaking to all, uh, you know, high schooler? <laughs> the, the wave of form, right? Or sometimes by, uh, by earthquake caused tsunami and everything or volcan volcanic activity under the sea. It's kind of a search, a war of, you know, tsunami. But it's it, it written by, by, by the wind. And so the people who asking, who ask in faith and yet still have a lingering doubting thoughts is like a wave. It's moving, it's looking good, driven by the wind. It keeps coming, the waves keep coming. It, it still, you know, has some activity. Look like, you know, everything is okay. But actually, without the wind, the, 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 the water is just, you know, silent. It's just quiet and, and still. So the people who are asking it without faith, Doubting. It's like the one who, who is like the wave to see, driven and tossed by the wind. For that person, not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. If you and I ask something from the Lord, believe it. This is not positive thinking. 
Like it's not like a, not a motivational speech seminar or multi-marketing uh, company like you go in here and, and people, actually they train that, you know, I believe, I believe I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm really going to be a millionaire. So that's the goal. That's the goal. I believe I'm going to have a car in 10 years. I believe I'm going to have that, that target. And then people go sell, sell, sell. It's not like that. This is, this is believe in the, the unshakable person. That's Jesus Christ. And when you ask the Lord, and in this case, wisdom. Okay? So don't, don't uh, use this as a proof text for anything. You know, Pastor, I asked the Lord for, you know, a helicopter and in faith, and I didn't have that. This is the bad taste when it comes to prosperity gospel. They used to ask this one, and they, they change into something like, the reason you don't have a helicopter, because you don't ask in faith. The reason you don't have a big house, because you don't ask in faith. You know, believe, and you will receive it. And that's a bad taste. And this is actually a false gospel, prosperity gospel. This is in the context of asking God's wisdom. So don't go around and say, Pastor, last week I asked for something like this. I never got it. Maybe God did not promise you in the first place. <laughs> Lacking in nothing. Asking yourself, I am having enough food to eat? Yes. Am I under a shelter? Yes. I have oxygen to breathe? Yes. I have a one set of clothes to wear even 365 days, just one set of clothes, like the people in the wilderness. Am I sufficient? Yes. Am I just having a manner, just everyday boring stuff, just fly? Am I having enough? Yes. I just have quail? Yes. You're lacking in nothing. Make sure you're lacking in nothing. The things that we are all are lacking is wisdom in this context. Are you still with me? So if anyone or sin anyone, all of us lack of wisdom. Let him ask. And ask in faith. Because the one who asks but do not believe will like the wave driven by all kinds of stuff. Driven by success. Driven by the lust. Driven by fame. Driven by the self-significant, I want to be recognized. Thank you, friend. For he is a double-minded man, unstable in all his way. The one who asks but do not believe, it is like the wave driven and tossed by the sea. So the Apostle James spelled it out. He is, she is like a double-minded person. That always, you understand the word double-minded? Yes. Which means that you are not single-minded. <laughs> Meaning that you will want, in the context, you want to do the things of God. But you also want to do the things of the world. You do double-minded. Or the, the better energy, you have one, you know, one foot in the, the God's Word and one foot in the, the other, you know, the world. So that just makes sure you don't miss one. You, you fall more. You fear of missing out. For those who are boomer, you know FOMO? F-O-M-O? That's a, a, that's, a, that's a trendy word for the millennial and Gen Z. FOMO, fear of missing out. 
sometimes the uh, the teen the, they don't want to miss a social media because what their friend posts or like or love they they fear of missing out. They ne- that's why they need to be constantly on the social media just to feed the emptiness, the things that people compliment, the people that they 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 you know even fake that would even falsely praise them because they didn't got, get that at home. You know, parents, sometimes we need to do more affirmation to the children rather than just, just, just bombarding them with that, you know, what they cannot do, but affirm them what they can. Encourage them to study what they yet to explore, to discover. Education is not putting a bunch of stuff in a box of their brain, but to just ignite the joy of learning. That's the goal of parenting. Expose them to the will of God instead of impose your will on their life. Double-minded man, double-minded person is that because they, they, they're not right 100% on the, for the Lord in God's word, therefore unstable in all his way or her way. They want to do this? I'm not sure why it's so hard. I want to follow Jesus. I want, really want to be like this. But you know, pastor, I, I can't. What do you mean you can't? I mean like I cannot give up. Some of them honestly, I cannot give up this. So in a way, they are double-minded. They want the Lord, the blessing, everything the Lord promised, but yet they don't want to give up other things. They still want to hold one hand and the other's. I want you to kind of um, think and reflect on what double-mindedness in your life. There were moments, there were things. I just recall one uh, time that, you know, when I was, I think, maybe five or six. And uh, back then, Vietnam, just because you don't know, in the 80s, the, the country is closed. Um, the energy crisis, you know, uh, we only have bicycle. Uh, the bicycle more expensive than the car because there's no fuel, no gasoline. Uh, and uh, we live, uh, you know, at nighttime, we, we live under the kerosene, uh, oil, uh, uh, kerosene oil lamp. And, um, and I think uh, one morning, uh, my mom took me to the kindergarten. And usually, you know, there's a, there's a little uh, ladies uh, sell the, 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 the sticky rice, the soy. We call it soy, the sticky rice on the corner. And, um, and he, she normally uh, bought uh, one for me before I go to kindergarten, about 1,000 dong. 1,000 dollar time is, is uh, you know, this is in the 80s. This is how the fiat currency depreciated, <laughs> 1,000 and, uh And then, uh, but every time I go there, I want two. I have my two hands. I want one on my hand, two. And, uh, and so, uh, because she has budget and everything, so she told the lady, later, I didn't know, she just whispered, the lady said, okay, just split it half. 1,000 dollar but split into two. So I still pay you one, right? So I got two in my hand. I feel satisfied because I don't know. Maybe the human tendency is greedy. We have two hands. We should have five, you know, so we can have more stuff. And so, uh, you know, holding two pieces of of soy of uh, sticky rice, and you know, I feel satisfied because I, my hand are filled with you know of of of, of the breakfast. I mean, I the the, the reason I say a story because in some way, a lot of us we grow into adults. We are not trained during our formation year, meaning preteen, teenager, uh, you know, until adulthood, 
that to make a choice and decision and not being double-minded. If you walk in and if you walk and take the children to the toy store, at home you already discuss, I just want a, a let's say a girl, a Barbie doll one. You walk to into a store, the minute that the girl saw everything, I want that, I want that, I want that, I want that, I want that. And the parents, you know, if they're not, not being careful, they, they suffer, you know, the, 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 uh, the, 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 the girl, uh, the, the, the boys, they, ah, I want that. And, they, and you walk into the toy store, you saw a lot of, of kids that, you know, at that, you know, yanking and shouting, mommy, I want that. And if they don't want it, they, they pull out all the stuff and very naughty because they're not being trained and coached and disciplined. We agree, come to the store, one. Let us walk in the store and choose that one. And we're supposed to be content with that one and go home, baby. And that's single-minded. We discuss, we agree, let's do it. I'm not being stingy or try to control you what you have. But in life, you cannot have everything. You will have something and should have something important. In this case, the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God. So a, ch a child, a boy or girl is growing up, not being trained under having, making a choice. Because every choice you make, there will be sacrifices. And then the boys or the girl growing up, and they thought that they have everything, then come to relationship. Come to relationship, boys or girls say, I want that girl, I want that girl, I want that girl. And then we'll be a mess and the girl the same because they're not learned to make a choice. They're not learned to exercise a decision, a single-minded. They want to leave their option open. They are the naive, they are the simple one. They need to be coached. They need to be trained. So the one of the best way the, the church is a training ground is that when you and I hear you, you know, I appreciate all of you serving different types of ministry. It's not so much about me, not so much about the ministry itself. It is about Jesus Christ and in a way that you will gain some sort of training and wisdom because you are single-minded. If you are on the, the, the schedule and if a birthday party comes, if the wedding comes and says, so sorry, I'm committed. I'm, I learned to commit it. And this is why there's a difference between teenager and the adulthood and then somebody who got experience because the young one, hard to commit. They have an issue with commitment. But even to adulthood, there will be older people that they have issue with commitment. They cannot commit to one spouse. They cannot commit to one, even the job in the career, in, in, in the center of career. People work three, three months, six months, nine months. And then the next employer comes and say, Within two years, you change five companies? Oh, yeah, all the companies are bad. You know, I'm good. All the companies are bad. <laughs> you know, the employer knows uh, you, can, uh, you work here three months, and next time you change. So I, I, I encourage all the young ones, you know, you find a job, you know. Be selective, but once you make a commitment, commit. You know, commit to the terms of one year, two years, and, and, and you know, and if, if, if there is, you know, no reason for you to live, then, then don't live. Some people say, why do you live a job? I get bored. So working is about to get fun. I mean, I, I like to work and, sir, and do the things that I like, of course. But sometimes people just don't have a single-minded. They want, they want the fun of the world, and yet they also want the, uh, the income of those who work hard. 
especially the, the, young, uh, the, the young generation, you come up and say, you see your parents, you see everything is all ready, you know, the internet, the economy, and everything is ready, and you think it's just easy. You know, why, why I can't have just like my friend there, uh, they travel all the time, they have this thing and that thing on social media, they seem to be very happy, I want that. But they don't have any baby step. They don't have a working heart. The foundation thing they don't have. They just want something that is out there. It's like today, if I walk you in here, I think, you know, we're all by impressed. Let's say impressed by the aircon, the decoration, and all the things. But the most important thing is the foundation. The reason the building stand here is because the foundation, the foundation must be in Christ and in His Word. Not about the aircon. The aircon can, you know, can be broken down, but the building stand. You know, a lot of decoration now life can be comes and go, we lose things, but make sure the foundation in Christ, in His Word, is intact. Can you stay with me? Let me uh, uh, summarize here for us, three, uh, choose two points. Point number one, believer receive. The word receive here, it's the result of Asking, pleading, and believing, and trusting. Receiving God's wisdom is not about demanding. Hey God, give me that. The word asking here is like, Lord, please give me. I believe in you. I believe in your word. Therefore, I trust in you. I will take my action according to your word. Therefore, I receive. The rec receiving is always in the present and in the future. Which, because you don't ask for something you already have. <laughs> right? You will ask for something that you're not at the moment having yet. So you're asking for God's wisdom to exercise, to make decisions for the single one. You ask God with them, Lord, help me to have the wisdom as I exercise your word, as I obey your word. I keep my relationship with you pure. My relationship with my opposite sex is, uh, is pure so that I exercise your wisdom as I walk in your wisdom. Therefore, I will receive the thing that you promised me, which is for the guy's suitable helper. The, for, 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 the, for the ladies, it's going to be a godly man, a godly husband. As I walk in the light, as I exercise your wisdom, as i doing this my present time, the future I will receive. Are you still with me? So, otherwise, that you say, Lord, I pray already. Yesterday I prayed, today I still do the same. <laughs> That's not asking. That is demanding. That's entitlement. Believe, ask, plead, trust. The outcome, it is the result of believing, trusting, and asking. It's relationship. Are you still okay? You're still with me. Believer always receive. Doubter, number two. Doubters are driven. They asked, but they doubted. Double-minded, unstable. You know, um, I'm not picking on, you know, any pastor or the book, Purpose Driven Light, uh, Purpose Driven Life. 
I mean, I read that. It's good. You know, it's a good starter. And everybody, you know, uh, sometimes we got touched by it. But if we can take it the wrong context that, you know, our life is not driven by purpose. A lot of people out there, they have purpose. Purpose to be successful. Purpose to this person. Purpose to be rich. Purpose to have many wives. Purpose to be Our life is not driven by purpose. Our life should be led by the Word of God, by Christ. Doubter, if you feel your life and you know you are driven, is something in you that is missing. You don't feel security in Christ alone. You don't feel security in, in your relationship. That's how you're driven. Driven in the world, in the world language is a good thing. You know, somebody is not says you're not driven. You're not driven, so you'll be driven. Uh, you know, driven, you know, you have to aim your life, uh, you know, by the time of 40, you need to be retirement a millionaire. Driven, you need to be driven. You need to be a kind of driven. But all the people who are driven because there's something in their life they feel missing. That's why they pour that out into that. They're driven by the career. They're driven by, by, by getting, you know, rich quick. Some of them, even use ministry as driven. I am a ministry driven. If any pastor tell you that, is something is wrong. If I'm driven by this ministry, it's bad because why? My ministry become my idols. My ministry becomes something I worship. The success of my ministry becomes something that I'm proud of, I break of, I'm, I'm, I'm arrogant about. I have big church, I have this, I have that, I have successful. It's, it's like the world, but sometimes little people know that the mindset of the world they brought into the church. This church is not driven. Yes, this church is not driven. Because I believe in what Christ has done in my life and through my life. I believe what Christ has done in your life and through your life. Therefore, you and I will receive His blessing, His guidance, His wisdom, His provision, His providence. We do not need to be driven. Because doubters are driven by wind of doctrine. This is linked to Ephesians as well. People who are tossed by the sea, the wave of different teaching, different trend, different fad, different, you know, all kinds of things. You know, books are good, you know, I read diversely, but I'm not driven by all of the driven talk. They always have to bring into alignment with Scripture. So some of you sometimes read the new book and came up, Pastor, have you read this one? This is the latest thing. This is a bestseller. I say, yeah, I heard about it, but I haven't time read it because I'm very selective in what I'm reading. I'm not driven by the trend that how to make the church become big and mega. I don't know, driven by saying that how, how to get people connected and hope, you know. That's my alarm. And if I have five more, five more minutes. I'm not, I'm not driven by something that you know, people usually sell online. Recipe to how to double your attendance in 100 days. How to keep them, how to get them hooked. I say, what is that? But the world language, you get into even the spiritual language into the church. People use the, as a church, as a marketing campaign, you know. Oh, Pastor, your church you don't have enough marketing, you know. You don't have enough marketing team. 
to really market it. We are not doing any sales here. We're not driven by the sales. <laughs> We're not driven by anything. I hope that you pray this is a spiritual home and you and I will be led by the Word, led by the Spirit. You believe, I believe, and I do it. Therefore, exercise. I'm single-minded. That, Lord, this is the thing that you want me to do. I'm a single-minded. I'm not double-minded. I want to please you. I don't, pl I don't please others. I'm, double, I'm a single-minded, not double-minded. Because the double-minded will receive nothing. They will receive, yes, something. But it's junk. It's rubbish. Little did they know. They will receive something. But not the wisdom of God. If you think wisdom of God, you give a price tag. 100 kilograms of gold, 1,000 of Bitcoin, a container load of diamond. I just give you a kind of a picture. None of that compare to the wisdom of God. This is why when Jesus said that someone is greater than Solomon is here, the people automatically connected that Solomon, yes, the Bible says that the richest man on earth before him and after him, no one's like Solomon in terms of his wealth. There's no one is wiser than Solomon before him or after him. So when Jesus said that, say, wait a minute, you have no palace, Jesus. <laughs> You're not a king. <laughs> you have no soldier. You have no land. Uh, even you know, wear, wear very simple, not look like royal king. And where's your goal? <laughs> and and they, they, they say, are you this man crazy? Because Jesus declared, you know, someone is greater than Solomon is here. We should talk about Jesus himself. And because people don't believe it. Because we don't think that in terms of wisdom has to be acquiring of wealth. And, 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 and uh, what I call the, the wisdom that Solomon, God gave him. But here, here's the thing. The wisdom of God that granted and given to Solomon, he did not turn God's wisdom into his character formation. He did not turn the wisdom of God into character personality formation. He used that in a way as a power. A power to make allies with, you know, because during King David, it's all war because he needs to conquer the, the enemy. But in terms of, of, of Solomon, it's peace all around. The people, uh, Queen of the South and uh, Queen Sheba, you know, respect him, pay tribute and all of that. He make allies by marrying the daughters, king of other nations. That's why he has so many concubines. You know, just not counting his wife, 800 concubines. I don't know how the man can make it. But, you know, but then, then he said that all of that, the Bible said that all of that wives, the, the foreign wives, non-Israelite, they've worshipped different idols, pulled his heart, you know, tore apart, that sometimes he had to worship to, with this, this concubine to, you know, the, the, the tree, the, the order on the tree. And another time he wanted to please this wife to go worship another a god. And that's why his kingdom split because he did not bring God's wisdom that already deposited him into character formation. Some of us might have received wisdom, maybe wise in our dealing, righteous, justice, equity. But if that wisdom of God did not turn our life into Christ-like character, sooner or later, we'll be like Solomon, his ending life.
This is why you read news there all the time that people driven by ministry, success of ministry, they gain audience, they wrote books, they got big church, they got ministry. Suddenly the news came out. Bankruptcy, immorality, sexual immorality, all of that because the wisdom of God did not translate into character. Are you still with me? Double-minded, unstable. I want to leave with you with uh, some practical note and as a question for you. How you can spot it out or aware of your double-mindedness in your life. Each of us has an area of double-mindedness. Just, just, I just said, sometimes you know this is the will of God for you, but you don't do it. There is a degree of double-minded. You think that, because God will not ask us to do anything that is impossible. Because He did the impossible already, which is dying on the cross. All of us, he asked you the word, it's doable. <laughs> Later on, James will unpack, you know, the, the, I just jump ahead of myself here, the one who hear, not do, like a man who for, forget about his face. Double-minded person, we unstable and on his way. Also, I have a practical note for those of this. If you seen your, if you examined your life in the past, you notice the pattern. You notice the brokenness. Don't put under the carpet. Don't ignore it. Look back. Deal with it with grace. No shame, no guilt, but bring the grace of God to bring healing to that area. Because if you leave it there, you try to live in this reality, God's will, but it's always bucking you because you have not dealt with it. Bring to the Lord. Don't bury yourself. For those of us, I've seen, as I do counseling, I've seen people sometimes, they got broken marriages. They bury themselves in career development. They work so hard, nine, nine to nine, sometimes 12 hours. Because that, that's, that's, they, they learn the technique of the world, sell them, distracting. Distracting them from the pain by attaching to other, They detach from the pain and they attach to something that brings them some kind of a numbness. Some people attach to alcohol because they bring them, them a moment of relief, pain relief. Sometimes it's, it's drugs, sometimes it's other form, sometimes it's sexual addiction, sometimes it's uh, social media addiction. People bury themselves even serving God ministry. I have this one, but I, I, I don't want to talk about the past. I, I'm, I'm now all in for Christ but it will come back and haunt you. God wants you be to be wholesome. Your life is not driven. Your life is supposed to be led by the Word. Not driven by ministry. Not driven by vocation. Not driven by anything of this world. That's the wisdom of God. Because doubters are driven. There's certain things that you doubt about God's Word in your life. That's why you need to be driven. You want to do something and unstable. You want to do this, but then have this. You want to do this, but then have this. I want, I want to get married with this girl, but then I have this one. I, I want to do, have this job, but I, want, I also want this. Young children, learn now until when become adult and it's just getting harder and harder. 
practically speaking, psychologically speaking, people say that people after past the age of 40 or 35 sometimes, it's hard to change, psychologically speaking. But it takes the miracles of God. It takes the work of God at the cross. can change a 60-year-old man or 70-year-old man. But I tell you, practically it's harder because it's already like a cement. It's already settled. Don't want to change. So pray for a change of heart. Pray for a change of mind by renewing of the mind. Because double-minded, if you see all the things that, that you know, all the, the, the crumbs along, you look at the past, you look back, and you see all the junk, the crumb along your sides, and even today, your life is unstable. Because there's certain things that you have not dealt with, single-minded, but double-minded. Examine your life. Amen. All right, let us just spend five minutes in reflection.
Lord, I pray for our children, boys and girls, teenager. I pray that maybe there are moments that they wish that they have a better parents. There were moments they wish that they don't need to go to school. There were moments that they said they why on earth do I still need an exam or test. Lord, I pray that they realize they have a right view. All tests is just simply to show them how well they know the subject. And if they do not know that well, study again with joy. Consider it all joy. They wonder when will be their time of living home and can be free to do everything they want. I pray they'll be thankful they're still under the guardians and the taking care of their parents. So the parents gonna be coaching and teaching and training them in the way they should go. I pray for parents, wives, mothers. Sometimes there will be moment that they wish they have a better husband. Or even they blame themselves. They're not a, a good mom, or they wish they'd be a better mom than like someone else. Lord, I pray there will be no second mom. They them. Lord, I just pray that Lord, you will give them a wisdom that they not be a double-minded. There will be no second man. There will be no uh, better husband. Better be a better mom. They just need to learn to abide in your word and to be wise in your word. If they lack and sin, they lack wisdom. Let them ask you, Lord, in faith. You will grant them wisdom to parent their children, to deal with a husband in a submission, to care, to tender love and care. Lord, I pray for husband, father. I pray that they have a moment that they wish that they have a better wife. A moment they have better kid, better home, better family, better job, better career. And they forgot to be thankful about the existing career. Lord, if they want to change the job and they pray hard and they fast and they know that they need to change of career, let them be so they not be double-minded. And Lord, sometimes the sign, the symbol, uh, the sign and the evidence of somebody is double-minded because they complain all the time the things that they have. Lord, I pray for men to be content and to be joyful. Consider all the, the, the parenting and being a husband and, and work in, in a job is considered as a joy because that's your provision, your, your caring. And Lord, it is your blessing in disguise. Lord, I pray for especially for men, single men, married men, single dad. They don't find significant in the world. They try to prove themselves to the world. Lord, I pray that they have nothing to hide, have nothing to show. They had nothing to prove because they are accepted by you. 
some of them may lacking the fatherly love some of them may lacking the motherly love and that's why they they be the broken men as they are today and that's not their that's not of their choice sometimes they don't even aware of that lord i pray that lord you bring healing to the men lord you bring healing to society by bringing healing to men sometimes they neglect their leadership count it all joy but they count it all complaining Lead with all joy. They lead with complaints. Consider it all joy. They don't consider it. Believe it in all joy. They don't believe it. Help them. Help me. Lord, I pray for the single one. They may feel tired or wearisome by waiting for your will for their right right uh, a right person and then maybe get tired of it maybe say that's it there will be no more hope Lord I pray that they're not living in the lies of the devil being a double-minded they want to walk in God's will and yet they want to use the world way to achieve what they want I pray they don't buy in the lies in the magazine. They don't buy in the lies in the social media. They don't lie in the movies, the romantic idea, uh, the, 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 the relationship in, the, in, the, in all the soap or the opera, all the, all, the, all the movies, and they think that the lies should be aligned to that. I pray that they are buying your word and be led by your word. They're not driven by, by, by sex. They're not driven by... By success and not driven by any kind of, of thing on this planet earth, but by led by your word and by your spirit. And Lord, I just pray for those who know that certain relationships need to be to be straightened up. Certain things that in their life they need to bring to you to get it clean up. I pray they have a courage to do so instead of putting under the carpet and thinks that everything will be all right. The world tell them everything will be all right. As a Christian, we know Christ, uh, not everything will be all right. It's only all right when we align our life with the Word of God. Help us, Lord. Help us to receive your wisdom. Help us to humble ourselves. The best starting point is say, Lord, I don't know. That's the best starting point of learning. I don't know, Lord. Show me your will. Show me your word. Show me how. Lead me. Help me, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let all of us ask you when we ask. We ask in faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. We pray that you and your family are encouraged by this message. Join us next time and do click the follow button on our profile page to stay up to date with the latest message. God bless you.